0: Tearing down an old building, finds a frog in a the box. Then when he opens the box, he does a routine with a little umbrella, mm-hmm. and he tries to get this frog all over the place. The umbrella frog. Yeah. So that's
1: about that. Yeah. Does a song yeah.
2: and dance. Um, and he
0: goes into the future. He buries me in a man.
1: New. Okay. Never mind. It's a great I, I've seen the cartoon. I love it myself.
0: It's a great cartoon. I love yeah. it. I,
1: yeah. I didn't know this. When and then went cartoon. frogs in front of him, I didn't it like, like was Warner,
0: cr- Warner
2: Brothers cartoon. <laughs> like he would like muster the W B sign. Yeah.
0: That. No, that's an actual cartoon from probably the 60s. That's
2: when most of the good the cartoons are made. I
0: so. Well, I believe you were born at the same time, Bob. No.
1: Incorrect. I watched that cartoon. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: And when yeah. the frog gets in front of people, all it does is croak.
3: No, yeah. no friends.
4: I saw it in reruns. <laughs>
2: oh wait, I haven't
4: seen that. Yeah, 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 I used to watch TV Land when I was a young child. I think it was on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it takes <laughs> it takes Okay. I remember that. It takes it to the bank. Okay. <laughs> I
3: know yeah. <laughs> yeah. life gets tough, let it out don't hold it in this better out
0: darkness looking like bad weather clouds it can't stop me cause i'm heaven bound i feel better now on the highway lord i'm heaven bound welcome back
2: to another round. episode of broken record ministries i'm ronnie santa ron's here Brother Bob is back. What's happening?
0: <laughs> yes, I'm here, Ronnie. Mm. <laughs> Conspiracy theory, Mike. Wrong, wrong, wrong name. I'm so against those.
4: <laughs> He's believe the official narrative, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> also
0: wrong. <coughs> Factual belief. Uh, Happily,
2: Schmike is here. How y'all doing?
0: Yes, I don't know for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's going off the rails.
4: And the professor Carl is here. Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon. I don't well, know depending what, on, I don't know what time you're listening to this. Yeah, but,
1: depending on where you're at.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Schmike, would you read our Bible verse for us? Absolutely. Reading Hebrews 11 verse 6 from the ESV. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So, what do you guys want to talk about? Huh. Excellent. Nice. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) At least we're in consensus, right? (laughs) We're inconsistent. Yes. Inconsistent consistency there with the. uh...
2: Anything laying on anybody's mind, heart?
5: Oh, now we're all quiet. I think we need to talk about. uh, Going places that uh, God's calling us to go to. Mm. Okay. And uh, one of us is getting ready to do that. One of us is getting ready to uh, go to Philadelphia, down in the heart of some bad places, just to take God's word to these people that are lost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's something that really needs to be addressed because if we don't got people going out doing mission work like that, how are we going to spread God's word? You know? Um, the prayer part of it need to be prayed up need to make sure that you talk to God understand what he's actually got in line for you understand that where he's sending you it's going to be dangerous it's going to be tough it's going to be hard but yet he's there with you you just got to understand that he He's the one that's in control, not us. And when you're doing when you're doing his work and you're trusting in him and you're putting your faith in him that he's gonna take care of you wherever you go, that's where it's at.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And we forget that quite often in our everyday walk, in our everyday life. Even on the easy place. Even on the go. easy place, yeah. We forget that he's there for us. And but yet he's still He's still got a plan for each and every one of us. Do I think he's got a plan for me? Yeah, because honestly, he's been laying on my heart. I think next time Philadelphia comes up, I'm probably going to go. Because it's just the timing just wasn't right this time, but I think next time it probably will be. So let's talk about that. Yeah. What you guys got to say about that?
0: Well, I love Philly cheesesteaks. I'll start off.
5: They may have them down there. So we start off on the.
0: Well, it seemed kind of cold in here, so I thought I'd warm it up with a bit of a food joke. <laughs> I like che- <laughs> <of> cheese
3: steaks.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, Bob. Like, it's. You don't go from Little League to high school to college. And then maybe semi-pro or pro or whatever without being trained up. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in a lot of different other fields besides sports, but it's also very effective in our walk. How can you combat anything if you haven't been trained up? If you're just going every Sunday to check the box
3: well, and I think it's a important dis- distinction of what you're saying. Um, I know you're not making this, you're equating it to sports in what you're saying. I just don't want anybody else to think you have to go through all of those things before you're able to go speak to people about God. Right. Because I don't, I mean, well, to the to, to, to people early around early. this table right. that go and talk to, you know, talk to people about God, no formal training.
5: I think I think mm-hmm. what Ronnie's actually yeah. talking about, and this is the way I perceived it when he was talking like that, we got to study the Word of God. No, oh, absolutely, we got to know what the Bible has has to say about whatever situation we're in. Yeah, no, because I agree. It, it's our guidebook. Yeah, I mean, for real, that that is the guidebook to our life.
3: Yeah, no, I just Like I said, I but just I understand where oh, you're coming from. You clarify. to clarify I. That, yes. that, that. and then I know because Ronnie just preached this Sunday, and uh, you know no formal education on it you know so it's not that the only the only people you go to are the only ones speaking about god are the ones that are bible college you know theology majors bible majors all this stuff like that because that's not that's not who called
5: god because god uses god uses everyday people for his tasks Absolutely, you you don't have to go to seminary yeah you don't have to go to bible college
3: nope
5: all you got to do is believe in him trust in him, have a personal relationship with him, and read his word, mm-hmm. study his word. Yep. That's all you've got to do. It's simple as that.
4: Some of the most powerful ministers that I know of, I'm not saying all of them. There are some that, that have gone to Bible college. Not, I'm not discrediting that. However, the idea that God only anoints those that have been there— is just dead false yeah i mean the the all the first apostles were described in acts as uneducated comparative to the ones that were coming against them correct mm-hmm. you Now the pharisees of the day were the equivalent of the religiously formally educated individuals and the apostles had none of that they weren't ignorant as those are two different things they weren't ignorant of scripture but they didn't have formal education right. to prove to have a certificate to wave around to prove that you're useful to god yeah you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't let the world convince you that you can't be used by God because you don't have some sort of certificate. None of the guys that I'm aware of that are going with me to that place have some formal education, but they're on fire. Mm-hmm. They're knowledgeable. They love him, and they love people, and they're willing to step out of their comfort zone to reach those people. And that's all it yeah. takes is to be on fire for people. Love that, pe- and it. that's what I meant by trained up. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, You're talking not spirit not training. So, yeah. Spirit training for you. Because you know that you're going into some hard places, mm-hmm. right? So, which means harsh things are going to be said, harsh things are going to be seen yeah. like the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So for you to spiritually train up to prepare for that, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you said, like yeah. n- not everybody needs that level of training right. to just go out and talk, but like for that specific instance, like
4: you got to train up, you got to be on guard. I'll just, yeah. I'll just use myself as an example since, you know, I'm, I'm the one going to Philadelphia Um, and he's laid on me and the other guy I'm going with, he's laid on our heart that, that deliverance is what he wants us to focus on, meaning deliverance from addiction, um, sickness and demonic oppression. Um, And and like pastor Cole said, when I brought that up to him, you know, when, when you're just preaching decisions, like making decisions for Jesus. And this is coming from him. And he has a lot of experience with this. The enemy doesn't really rage against that. But when you start preaching deliverance, actually breaking bondage, breaking strongholds, commanding demonic spirits, they rage against that. And I've experienced that personally. And this isn't something that just, I'm I'm going, going along with my happy, merry little life. And then all of a sudden he sends me to do deliverance ministry. This comes on the heels of years of training me up spiritually in, in spiritual warfare. Right. Dealing, I'm you know I'm not talking. Sometimes we say spiritual warfare, and we think people were mean to me, circumstances didn't work out right. You know, you get, that can be part of it. I'm talking actual demonic assaults. That stuff's real, mm-hmm. guys. And when he calls you into deliverance ministry, you're going to experience that stuff. And I have this week. You know, like this week has been. It's just been a progression of Abba has been talking to me a lot. You know what I mean about what he wants me to focus on, what he wants me to say, but at the same time, the enemy's trying to keep him, keep us from going. Yeah. And it, every every strategy he can utilize to try to keep us from going, he has, from people all the way to an actual demonic attack upon our home the other night that that we all experienced. And you have to be ready for that. That's not something you should step into unless you know you're called for it. And like you said, Ronnie trained up for it. Yeah. Serious stuff. And, like, like Jesus said, count the cost.
5: And yeah. Exactly, and and you need to make sure that that is a calling that He absolutely has set you out for. Yep. And you know the thing is, though, is you don't have you don't have to be called to a certain mission because we're called when we accept Christ as our as our personal Savior, we are called to go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. That is a command from Him. Go make disciples. Once you believe in me, once you've accepted me, go do my work. Go feed my sheep, tend my lambs, tend them, and that means go out and try to bring people to him so he can save them. We can't do it. No, nope. there's no way we can do it. What's cool about them going to uh, Philadelphia? They're going for deliverance, but after they leave. Two or three weeks later, tell them what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, it was actually, after, actually right after that attack that I was talking about, and I wasn't really going to say anything publicly because I try to strike that balance between asking for prayer and, and coming across as boasting about what I'm doing. I don't it's really like talking about it. You
5: need to know that.
4: I know, but it's just, it's a tough balance for me I, because I struggle I mean, with pride, but— I put a prayer request up on Facebook and somebody I've been connected to for a long time comes. He's like, I, I, I have a, a group of ministry brothers. Are so you going to go down there in like two weeks after you're there? Like, that's pretty cool. And then he sends a private message and he's like, Hey, this picture of me um, building the baptismal they're going to be bringing. I guess this guy, and he's like, get, get connected with this guy. So I did. And we start talking back and forth. And he's like, Yeah, we go there two or three times a year, which is exactly what I've been laying on my heart that in the, it, it, moving forward, I think he wants this to be a more regular thing. I've already talked to, to Cole about that. And and this guy's already doing that. Yeah. And I'm like so he's yeah so he's got us going there, you know, and laid it on our heart to just command the powers of darkness, bring the light, and and bring deliverance. And then two weeks later, somebody going down there to actually do baptism. So that just that's incredible.
5: confirmation. That's confirmation that God's going to do some big work in Philadelphia this Oh night. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if he's sending somebody in for the deliverance first then he's sending another set of crew in for the baptismals right there you go and that, it's gonna be that's a start something. right there that's confirmation that god's
4: gonna work in big ways mm-hmm. or at least that's what it looks to me no absolutely it's at least going to be the catalyst for something moving yeah. forward i think yeah yeah well because again you know carl's talked about it that
3: he's been looking for clarification and he mm-hmm. keeps receiving it yeah yeah in 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 everything, you know, and it's sometimes it's somebody, you know, a fellow brother just throwing out a Bible verse that he's, he's like this. Right. This just came in my heart, in my heart. And it's clarification. It's verification of what you're supposed to be doing.
4: Yeah, it was a direct confirmation of exactly what you laid on my heart. The, the message that he wanted me to bring, the light and the darkness, it always chases the darkness away. And then, Mike, you have that, that, that verse laid on you and you had to share that. And I'm like, wow, it's yeah. incredible. It's been stuff like that every single day.
3: And I think that <clears throat> with what you were talking about, Bob, is another huge thing is not only uh, we, we've talked before about uh, praying the heart prayers, but also now you're talking about answering those mm-hmm. and doing that with your whole heart. Because, of, Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, not an easy decision to go. No, I mean, it just gets harder each time you leave your family, let alone any type of. Thing that, uh, any type of indication that it's going to be worse or anything else um, than previous? Because mm-hmm. the first time you went down, everything went okay, but you still had things you'd never dealt with before.
4: And I also, you know, yeah, and I had also had that experience that I'm pretty sure that guy wanted to kill us. And that's when we had that real miraculous experience where we lost time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what happened. I to this day I can't explain it. We lost time. There was some guy stepped toward us and Will and I both felt at the same time like there's there's an evil presence here. And but we were kind of stuck. So we were off the main road where the cops are. Uh, if, if he had wanted to do something, it, it, it would have been easy for him to get away with it, yeah. realistically. And then like I say, we we completely lost time. Like the amount of time that it took us to get there, it took like it like Triple the amount of time to get back. To- At one point I said something to Will when we're trying to walk back and he's like, what? Cause I'm thinking, and I'm like, this walk's taking a lot longer <laughs> than it did to get here. This is bizarre. And if Will turned to me right when I'm thinking he's like, what's going on, man, what's going on? He's like, this walk is taking forever and we're walking faster this time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It, and, and, but that's when we came, like the timing worked out where, where we, we crossed paths with this guy down there just perfectly when we got back to the vehicle and he happens to be walking by. And Will looked at me, and I looked at him. And he's like, "That's the one." And we talked to him. It's like, "Do you do you need anything?" He's like, "I need prayer." He's like, "I need deliverance from 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 this addiction. I just I can't do this anymore. I need out."
5: See, and that's that's the thing. People know they need the deliverance, but they have no way to opt out of what they're in. Well, they don't no. know. how. They don't know how exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's you know that's why God needs people to go down there and show them how, mm-hmm. or try to show them how. No, it's it. But the thing is, 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 you know, just going one time and then, being like, oh, I went down there and I delivered two or three. But did they stay that way? Mm-hmm. You know, because if they haven't got a constant, if they haven't got a constant draw of God in their life, what are they going to do? They're going to fall right back in the ditch. Yeah. That's like getting somebody to the altar and they give their life to Christ and you're like, oh. They're good. Let's walk away and continue on with life. Next well, how are they going to how going to grow? How are they going to grow if we don't teach them? If mm-hmm. we do not disciple them, yep. you know, I mean, you got to show them how to walk in sanctification. Mm-hmm. They've already been justified through Christ, but it's our job to to help sanctify them.
4: I also think that really aligns. Sorry. It got weird and um, (laughs) "Yeah, yeah. 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 that happened. I think that really aligns with what was on your heart, Ronnie, also in the text chat of meeting people where they are. Yeah. You know, how how can you meet people where they are if you're unwilling to go where they are? You know, people lost in darkness aren't sitting in the pew next to you. Nine times out of ten, they're not. Right.
5: You can't say, I want to go help somebody and stay in your own little bubble. Mm -hmm. It don't work. You got to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the
2: approach. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because most, I'm not going to say all, but most people have been hurt in one way or another by religion of any facet. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: So you can't just Jesus break them. No. Right. Mm There are also a lot of them, especially ones that are dealing with addiction. A lot of them are dealing with past trauma.
5: Yeah, it, it's yeah.
4: it's like an onion, Shrek. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like,
2: yeah. right? Yep, absolutely. And then you just start peeling back the layers. Yeah. Well, you don't. He right. Does, yeah, right. He does it? But you get sometimes you got to start. He brings. You, he brings you to the onion. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, and that really aligns with what what my heart in, in this is. Like, too often we we approach gospel sharing like we're trying to talk somebody into the kingdom. Like if I can just give this super intellectual sermon, then this person's gonna finally come to Jesus, and that's not biblically. When we look biblically, yeah, there are examples of of explanations given when when that's where the that person's at, like with Philip in the in the Ethiopian. I get that, but usually when you see mass conversions, it's the power that shows up. There there's a there's a willing faithful servant that comes and carries his light, and that faithfulness manifest his presence and power. And that is what changes hearts and minds. It's his power that does that. And we have suppressed the power because we put too much of ourselves into it. I think that's what's suppressing his power, to be honest. I think we've turned, like I posted about earlier, I think we've turned ministry into a quick, into a, into a get rich scheme Mm -hmm. or a building of platforms. That's really been weighed on me the past couple of days, how often faith is used to build a personal platform and draw attention to yourself. And I know that's not always the intent to draw attention to ourselves, but I think it does, it it limits, it limits his opportunity to manifest himself because then he's given you credit and he's not gonna give you credit. He's looking for servants that just wanna give him all the credit, that are willing to go into those tough places and sacrifice knowing that people aren't gonna remember your face or your name, but only him. Mm -hmm. If, If that's your heart, then I think he can use you but if you want to share credit with him, I think the yep. his ability to use you is is diminished. Yeah, yes. it's it's massively diminished. And you
5: know, um,
4: people should be aware
5: that they may be they may be going in and be a Stephen too. That's the third time that's been brought up in the you past two days it. for me. I mean, it you're not guaranteed you're not guaranteed you're not guaranteed. how am I trying to put this to where people can understand? He's there for you. he will protect you, but it may not be in this world <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that may be that may be your that may be your time to go yeah see what mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. He's That's not
3: worried about protecting your earthly exactly presence or anything like right. that but you're eternal
5: but you're eternal yeah. yes yeah. you know so <clears throat> and a lot of people understand that that when they go into dangerous places like that. They take that risk, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but it's a risk worth taking.
4: Right. Yes, it is.
5: And I think that I'm sorry. Um, That's
3: something that I know for me. And like you were talking about a little bit, Bob, um, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I know in my walk, I'm not there yet. And we, I talked previously with Carl um, where I don't, I, I say the, I say the, the prayers, in the back of my mind it's oh i just hope you don't really need me there or you don't really want to put me there and and carl challenged me and and you know and said i want you to really pray about this and pray about going and i did i prayed about it and i put it at god's feet and i literally did not feel like he was telling me that this is this right. is my time and i think it's because he knows i would be apprehensive and i wouldn't be fully going for him you know, and, and and I feel bad about it because I hate the thought of thinking that I'm kind of you know letting a brother down of not going. Um, but at the same time, I know if anybody understands, Carl does exactly. And the fact of it, it's just not. But I mean, never. Yeah. But everybody has a has a a role, Yeah.
2: Whether you're not going or going, right, right, like to Philadelphia, to Mexico, to right. Ireland, no, where wherever. Yeah. Right. Like there are people, the prayer warrior, that's there are the people that go, yeah. they're the people that
3: house, they're the people that feed. Like, but, you know, thing. it's like everything else. Our I, pride as guys gets in the, and why am I not the one that, you know, why am I not the one that's going on the front lines? Right. You know, kind of thing. And
4: when it goes back to what we talked about earlier, the, the preparation of the training takes time sometimes. And, and maybe that's what this is. Sometimes he'll plant that seed to let you know in the future this is where I'm going to use you or this is the way in which I'm going to use you. Be ready for it right now. You just need to wait. Mm. You know what I mean? And don't ever think you're, you're letting me down or disappoint me. Um, Yours was just a name that was, that was laid on my heart. I felt like, and it may not have been for this time. It may have just been to plant that seed to get that kind of stirring in your mind and in your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would never encourage somebody to, or, or pressure somebody into into going to a place like that if that's not what they're called to do because you you cannot go somewhere like that unless you're sure that's what exactly. you're being called right, to do right and seed it, so um, <laughs> it also could be that you're
5: planting a seed for him to do some kind of mission around here with you too that could be i mean, I mean it just yeah who knows what god's got planned but the exciting part is is you know he's got something planned mm-hmm. mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I want to circle back to
2: Carl, what you said about the approach and the actual heart of it. It's like a used car salesman, right? Or a car salesman, period. (laughs) Or maybe just a retailer. But, like, if you have that, if we're selling Jesus, right, there's one or two outcomes, one they're in or one something's going to go wrong. And then they're out. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know, I, you bought a car from a used car salesman. It's lasted forever. Bought a car from a used salesman and lasted two weeks. Bought a car off a dealership lasted forever. Lasted two weeks. But if you approach it, if you approach him and spread his word like that it's really detrimental instead of just spreading
4: the word mm-hmm. and yeah and knowing who you're spreading to you you see that you see that in the example that Jesus gives us in his ministry he doesn't talk to for example the woman with the bleeding in the like you preached on yesterday in the same way that he approaches a Pharisee with questions, like a Nicodemus. Right. Right. Like you see him talk to them using Midrash. You know, he's talking like like debates about the Torah and how it's applied. That means nothing to the woman with the bleeding. Right? Nothing. W- w- what's impactful for her is him meeting her in her pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the definition of righteousness doesn't change. It's how you talk to the person based upon the circumstance they're in to pull them out of the pit they're in, whether they're in a physical pit or they're in an intellectual pit. You approach those two individuals differently. I would never convince anybody where I'm going by giving some highbrow, scholarly sermon on on breaking down, you know, Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus. It means nothing to them. Right. That means absolutely nothing to them. I'm, I'm not going to break down Deuteronomy five. It means nothing to them. It's simple, it's a simple method. Somebody like that is is in a pit of despair and pain. What means what's powerful to them in that moment is is hearing the simplicity of the gospel that you have a healer that's right here that's reaching his hand out to you and all you have to do is reach back mm-hmm. that's what they need if they're if they're trapped by demonic oppression they need somebody to say hey the light is here and it's a natural and spiritual law when the light shows up the darkness flees i command you in the name of jesus to flee right now and offering them freedom offering the people that are in that bondage freedom that's what they need just like with a demoniac in what, Luke chapter eight? Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, it's the first part of eight. Yeah, he doesn't give that guy a high pro sermon. We don't know how he talked to him afterward, but you don't see him free him from demonic oppression by giving a sermon. No. Yeah. He commands the demons to flee. That's how he that's how he liberates that individual, not through a sermon, not through a debate. He he frees him by commanding the evil spirits that are present to flee. Right, and then meeting him in that moment of pain to draw him home again. You have to know your audience. You have to know who you're being called to. Right, right, and that's why it's so important to fast to pray. I have I've neglected fasting, um, and I've I've started that today to make up for that. But you can't neglect those those things. You have to be in communication with with God, with the Father, to know exactly who He's calling you to speak to and how He wants you to speak to Him.
5: Yeah, you definitely got to get tuned in with Him because if if you're not tuned in. And you go anyway; it may not be good. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's that's where the that's where Ronnie was talking about the training part of it. Yeah. Yes, and it's Luke, and then the demon
2: parts Luke eight twenty six. <clears throat> okay, excellent. But yeah, I uh, just like you're saying. You know, you're not going to go into. A bar to pull somebody out that has a heroin addiction right. most most likely right you're going to go into a bar to pull somebody out who's an alcoholic so talking to them about getting off heroin it's going to mean nothing to them exactly ron mike you guys have nothing to say
1: I I don't have nothing to say on this. No, I I mean, well, do you have something else? I applaud you, and I'll I'll be praying for you. That's for sure. Like Mike said, I don't think there's no way I can do it. No way.
4: No Why way. disagree? Oh, uh, let's say especially,
1: let's especially say where now. I'm at right now. Let's say now. No way.
3: Yeah, let's put you that know, that pen now, in it.
1: Go, I'd be going in there in the dark just as well as where they're at i'd be i'd be scared i wouldn't know what to say and i'd be nervous of saying the wrong thing you know what i mean
4: i get i'm scared oh i'm sure i'm scared and i'll be honest i don't fully know what to say i'm just i'm just depending on him to give me the words the time i'll be transparent and honest
1: i was talking to ronnie the other day because he was asking what we should talk about and and I said something about uh his love, you know, and I sit here and listen. My love? No, God's love, love son. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I sit here and I That's listen.
3: Topic. <laughs>
1: and um, I to be able to go over there to talk about his love. It's kinda
2: grace and faith. It's kind of great how all conversations come out
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i yeah. mean it's,
2: it's a, all one thing right like everything we're talking yeah. about is all the things that we've back and forth yeah. to talk about because yeah.
3: like carl talking about you know some of the things and the whether it's abuse and things like that that these people that most of them have been through but we've also talked about when you have any of those addictions you're just trying to fill a hole and most of the times it's that god hole Because you don't know what it is, and that's in my heart. What Carl is just trying to fill, and just trying to let them know this is here, and this is.
1: We're sitting here talking about the the love and the darkness. And my text to Ronnie was when he asked, "Was I feel we should talk about his love in some way, and how it feels like if you're alone." To always remember that in the dark times and desperate times, even though we can't see him, that we can feel his love and know that he is with us all the time and that can uh, ask for his love and grace. And that's what I've heard pretty much this whole time. Mm-hmm. So. That's weird how it showed up like that, it is. So, because we're talking about his love going to spread his love. In a dark place, in a desperate place, yep. and hoping, like you all said, that somewhere along that line, the light shines through.
4: You know, it's awesome, too, that the day I talked about, I, I mentioned that our home got hit with, uh, with an attack. It was Friday night. It was the day Baba went over to your shop. Yep. I, I needed to get out. And yeah, he was pressing me really, really hard. God was. And uh, something I need to just stop in and, and talk to you, and just hang out for a while and pray and stuff. What he really was pressed me all day on was Psalm 23, but specifically, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me." All day long, no matter where I was or what I was doing, that theme of "I'm with you even in the darkness" kept coming up. Even to the point where, uh, at one point, you you drove, well, you you took a truck off mm-hmm. at some point. Um, And I stepped over, I was waiting for you to come back, and I stepped over, you had the radio playing, it was just secular music, you know what I mean? But I stepped over just in time to hear uh, a song, I'll I'll Stand By You, by The Pretenders, Mm -hmm. I think is what it was, Mm -hmm. right at the point where the lyric is, no matter what you confess, I will never love you less, I'll stand by you. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, if that, if 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 ever there was a secular song that defined Psalm 23, that's it.
5: That was it.
4: I was stunned by it. I couldn't believe it. That's been the theme, like prevailing for the last few days. Is no matter where, no matter where I send you, I'm going to be right there with you, and they're going to see that. Coffee, Mike. What was your suggestion
2: to talk about? Because it fits around this as well.
0: Well. <clears throat> I'm struggling with a few issues right now. And this, I sent Ronnie a text. My suggestion was that we talk about prayer and how it is answered and how it isn't answered and why it is or isn't. But, uh, I'm really at a loss for words tonight. I don't have. It's crazy,
2: right? Yeah. Like every side text, like not just every side text, right? Cause I put, I put the spoiler warning of what I wanted to talk about out there. And then prior to that, like Ron and I were texting and Mike and I were texting and then Bob, you came up and talked to me Sunday mid morning. And I was like, okay, cool. Like it's that perfect storm. And it's not like,
3: it's just how it all works. Right. Well, and I think that, his his plan is so amazing because you talk about the confirmations um that carl's received and and the things that he's doing from people that even obviously some people just like to talk away anything explain away anything um but like moon landing yeah you know, okay. moon landings, and JFK, all of it. you know. Um, but uh, no, seriously, though. Um, <laughs> that look. Oh, man. man. love the uh, Mike. If looks could kill. Yeah.
0: No, um, no, no, no thought of killing. Yeah. There's, there's a <laughs> of love.
2: Hospital? Maybe. Hospitalization? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Lots of love in that no, look. No. But,
3: but some of the confirmations, um, I think, like you and your friend that you went with prior, um, You know, I I don't want to say I I would never, you know, um, talk them away or explain them away. But you would pray that the two of you would have some confirmations of that. (laughs) But then when it hits the people that are surrounding you as well with the confirmations that you know are coming from God, and it's not just Mike saying that or Bob saying that or Ronnie saying that it's knowing it's coming from God because it's like the epitome of this is why God brought us all together. Mm -hmm. And this is why in everything, everybody said tonight is coming into confirmation for it's around this and surrounding this because you can't answer, you can't speak this away. You can't explain it away because it is just too overpowering with everything. Because it's, again, it's not just the words. But it's the emotions. It's yeah. the emotions that each and every person is feeling, whether it be and in, and in, in, and I'm not trying to have a pity party here, but the guilt on my part for not not going, you know, the or, you know or the you know Ronnie's of not knowing what to talk about or what to say exactly, and Ron's you know I, I I will never do this, and you know you know what I mean. But it's the emotions of all of those things that are just so raw but so real in it all that are just still confirmations of. We feel that we know you are supposed to be doing this right now, but I think it's something that's planted that seed of there's you're probably in any future endeavors in it have a lot more company with you, yeah
5: you said you you're feeling guilt for not going, yeah that's coming from the wrong guy. that's what he wants you to feel. He wants you to be guilted into doing something that God has not called you to do or prepared you or prepared you to do. So, I mean, you should not feel any guilt for not going because God didn't lay it on your heart. God did not clearly say, Hey Mike, you need to go to Philadelphia. Yeah. You need to go with Carl. What God probably wants you to do, wants us to do. is to stay in prayer for him and his friends that are going. Yeah. We need to be, we need to be, his prayer warriors back here, you know, praying every day for them to find somebody that needs to be delivered, talk to the right people that needs to be talked to, the ones that God wants them to talk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do as a group, as his brothers in Christ. We need to pray for him and his friends that are going. We also need to pray protection around them. But yet, yeah, the protection, not keep them out of the hard stuff because the hard stuff's where it's actually at.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: If
5: if they go in, if they go in and there's nothing hard about it, what good did they do? Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's always going to be some kind of confrontation Mm -hmm. that you got to deal with in every situation in life. I don't care what it is. There's always a confrontation. Bob, something came to my mind while you were
0: talking for the last week and a half or so. I've been listening to ASAP's preach "War Ready." One of the main lines that sticks out in there, I've been listening to it over and over and over again. One of the main lines that sticks out to me in there is that he's war ready because his brothers has has can confirm his six. Well, we're confirming his six, right? And I, I, I mean, I've heard the song many times, but the last week or so, man, that's all I wanted to listen to, and I can't figure out why. That's yeah. all I've been listening to. That one song over and over and over again. But I think I know why now. Final thoughts. I don't got nothing.
3: Anybody? I I will. I'm just trying to find it. Carl, you got something?
4: I was watching this this show today on pets that my littlest wanted to put on in the world. I don't realize Grace. You gonna say something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. My daughter's sitting here, but she's being really quiet. Shockingly, yeah, shockingly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, there were a lot of stories on there of how they would teach these pets. And uh, these different animals, I guess you could call them tricks, but, you know, train them. And and usually they train them with food or a treat or something like that. They, my
0: wife trained me, Carl.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's, you, yeah. You're a few, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <know> mm-hmm. <laughs> they learned through repetition and knowing that there was something for them on the other side of it. But one of them was so impactful to me and there was a spiritual lesson in it. They were training these parrots. There were there was a whole segment on here about how intelligent parrots are, how they can emulate speech, and um, you know, how they've even studied that that uh, the parents will will teach their babies different um, um, uh, like vocal sounds, and each one is different. So there'll be a specific vocal sound for each individual baby, so that they can essentially call them by name. So when they make that sound, that that specific. Baby bird will respond to it. It's incredible. And they just do that naturally. Anyway, they had this experiment. They had two parrots in a cage. There was a divider separating the two and there was a hole on each front and then a slot on the bottom so that they were passing these coins back and forth, right? So the parrot would pass the coin out. They would push the coin under the slot and the parrot would pass the coin out through the hole in the front to receive a treat. Well, at some point, they covered the hole for the one parrot, but left the hole open for the other one. The only, the only thing connecting the two parrots on either side was a little hole in the dividers. So they couldn't get to each other, but they had this pass-through. And they passed coins to the parrot with the hole plugged up, so it couldn't get treats anymore. And it would pass the coin to the parrot beside it, so that that parrot could pass through and get treats for itself knowing it wouldn't get anything for itself Mm. it's evidence of god programming both empathy and kindness into the natural order i just it was so incredible to me that they just naturally are programmed to empathize with the plight of their fellow and program with the kindness to do what's necessary to get them the food that they need even when they can't get any for themselves that's a picture of what our spiritual walk should look like. If parrots are programmed by God, by the creator with empathy and kindness, so are we, which means if we're not exhibiting empathy and kindness, we're suppressing it willfully and intentionally. And we have to be willing when he calls us, when we see our fellow spiritually starving, we have to be willing when he calls us to, to go to them, to get them the food they need, even if it means loss for ourselves, even if there's nothing to gain. You don't need to surround yourself with cameras to build a platform. You should have the heart and the willingness directed by the Father, directed by Jesus, to just go to where they are to get them the spiritual food that they need. Or, as you said, Mike, to have the six of those who are called to help them. This is a group effort, but we've got to have that heart to reach into those dark places to pull those people out of the pit that they found themselves in. I don't care if they put themselves there. That's a stupid thing to say. I'm sorry, it is. We all put ourselves into it. We all a was pit. in a at one time. Yes, mm-hmm. and we all put ourselves there. Yes. We have got to stop using that phrase as an excuse to sit back and do nothing and not care because that is how we willfully suppress our empathy. When we say they put themselves there, they can sleep in that bed. You're suppressing the empathy the Father programmed into you. Yeah, And I, I, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that recently. I'm not condemning anybody for that, but we've got to stop doing it. We've got to recognize when we're doing that and you know, we've got to maintain, we've got to we've got to feed that empathy and that kindness in ourselves. We've got to let him feed that empathy and that kindness in ourselves. We've got to pour that life out on those who are just dying spiritually. They need it. We've got to be willing to walk that difficult road to get them to where they need to be. Yep.
3: <laughs> Once again, I hate following Carl. <clears throat> Love him, but I just can't match up. (laughs) Okay. But uh, Mike had talked about a song that that had been hitting him all week. And I've got one that's been hitting me for a while. And our pastor actually used it in illustration. And uh, I'm going to go, I think, I don't want to say deeper than him because that's impossible. But um, my boy Jelly Roll has got a song um, called I Only Talk to God When I Need a Favor. And so this chorus of it is I Only Talk to God When I Need a Favor. And I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who the hell am I? Who the hell am I to expect a savior if I only talk to God when I need a favor? But God, I need a favor. And how often is this our walk? God, I need this. I need this. God provides. In whatever way God provides, but we still talk it away. We still, oh, look what I did. Like Carl said, let me take this picture. Let me show these people what I'm doing. Mm. Let me get these kudos. How is that any different than using God like a genie in a bottle? How is that any different than I only talk to God when I need a favor?
0: And mic drop. Pretty good, Mike.
2: And I'm supposed to follow that, right? Good luck. <laughs> well, mine its pretty simple. God says no, sometimes. But sometimes it's not just a firm no. It's a not yet. So true. So before you have your cup of tea at your pity party but you're just not prepared yet that's all I got brother Bob will you pray us out absolutely
5: most gracious heavenly father we thank you for this day father uh, I just sat here in front of you father I just I just pray for the ones that are going to Philadelphia right now, Father. Um, I pray Father that uh, that they're in tune with you. I pray Father that they're they're prepared. I pray that their hearts are clean, their hearts are clear. Father, I pray that uh, you just uh, you just allow them to go there. Allow them, Father, to find the ones that you want, them, you want them to talk to. Not the ones they want to talk to, but the ones you put them there for. Father, we thank you for that deliverance that you're offering down there. Father, we thank you for the other guys that are going. We thank you for, after the deliverance, Father, that you're going you're gonna to send guys down there to further their walk with you. To kind of help them stay intact, stay on track. Father, I just, uh, I also pray, Father, that uh, man, if we see somebody in the ditch, I pray that we just throw our waders on, Father, and just jump in that ditch with them, because somebody done that for us. Father, we know that uh, we know that you sent Jesus to actually help us out of that ditch. Father, and we thank you for him. I thank you for what he's done for me on the cross. Father, I thank you for just allowing me to be a part of your great family. Father, I give you the praise and the glory, and I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.